Welcome to Haunted Escapes with Chris and Diane. This podcast will cover our trips to haunted hotels and locations. We will go over a brief history of the location, our personal experiences, and even rate some of the ghost tours in that area. Join us on our Haunted Escapes. Cape May dates back to the 17th century when the Ketchumetch Indians of the Lenni Lenape tribe hunted the land. The first residents purchased the land from them and developed a prosperous fishing and whaling industry. By the late 1700s, English colonists had arrived from Connecticut and Massachusetts and had introduced farming to the land at the time called Cape Island. In 1766, the first visitors arrived from Philadelphia and were housed in very rustic public houses, taverns, and resident homes. Prosperity spread in the largest hotel in the world, the Mount Vernon Hotel, with rooms for 3,500 guests was set up to open, but was consumed by fire in 1856. Still unfinished, fire would continue to plague the town in a devastating inferno in 1878 decimated Congress Hall, which once entertained presidents as well as 35 acres. When rebuilding, Cape May went with Queen Anne, American and Gothic-style architecture that is beloved today. Cape May saw many setbacks for economic prosperity. In the early 20th century, the next land boom was fueled by plans for a ferry across the Delaware Bay. Unfortunately, the World War I concrete ship purchased to form part of a dock sunk in a violent storm in 1926, crushing the hopes for another economic revival. The remains of the ship are visible today at Sunset Beach. By the end of the 20th century, Cape May began its renaissance period. Entrepreneurs helped preserve and really relocate many of the Victorian homes and buildings. They became bed and breakfast, shops, guest houses, and restaurants. This invited more investors to turn Cape May into what it is today, a step back in time in a charming seaside town. Welcome back to Haunted Escapes with Chris and Diane. Hello! Uh, today, on this episode, we're going to be doing part two of our Cape May stories. Uh, if you remember, our last episode had to do with Cold Spring Village, where we saw we had a bunch of cool stories that we told, and as well as some really good pictures that we posted up on YouTube. So if you haven't watched or listened to that one, I I would say go ahead and listen to it, because this one is also all about down there, too. This one's going to be about the main part of Cape May that everybody really goes to, where you have all the houses and the Washington Street Mall. So there were a lot of stories in there. There are so many, it's really hard to gather them all. You'd be here forever. So what we did was we just selected a few and we're going to tell those stories, and then maybe in a later time we can do maybe another third part and add some more stories to it, because there's, there are a ton of them. So, uh, just going back to Cold Spring Village for a second, I just want to say that I went there as when I was a kid and kept going there pretty much every time we went down to the Jersey Shore. It is such a fun time. Everybody's so friendly, and they're in character. And then the, they recently added the ghost tours to... Cold Spring Village, which was a great, I think it was a great addition, and if you have a chance to go there, I would definitely go there. My mom loved it, and we love going there every time we can. Yes, it's a really fun time. I think every year they have a paranormal weekend where you can check their website to see when it is. If you want to go down there, I would say definitely try to go down there during that time, because you'll really 
get to see a lot of stuff. They'll have some really cool stories. They do the ghost walks and mm-hmm. everything. So we're going to start some stories. The first story we're going to talk about is the Southern Mansion. So the Southern Mansion was once a summer escape for businessman George Allen and his family. It was in his family for 83 years. And then it was used as a boarding house. Then as of 1994, a new family bought into it and it was remodeled. And now it's a bed and breakfast. And the people who go there, have said, and as well as the people who work there, have said that they believe that it's haunted, and they actually think that the ghost is the ghost of Esther Allen, who was George Allen's niece, and they think that she haunts the building. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I wonder why she would haunt, I guess because she has so many good memories there, maybe? Probably, yeah. I mean, if ghosts are real, and when you were to die, if you get to pick where you would go to haunt, I mean, I would wouldn't want to go haunt the Jersey Shore. <laughs> I can't believe you just said if ghosts are real. Going through what we went through, what you went to through by yourself growing up, what we went through at the Myrtles. Yes, I know, but there are a lot of people who don't believe in it. So, yeah, like I said, if, uh, if I'm allowed to pick where I want to haunt after I die, I mean, definitely choose to haunt Jersey Shore. Of course, I would too. I mean, when, when I'm off of this plane, I want to be cremated, I want to be dumped into the jersey into the, the shore at the beach take me to, to to sunset beach and just sprinkle me lovingly and i'll be carried off by the waves i think a lot of people want that to be done in one day and then tales of me will appear and they'll say if you go there at sunset i'll appear on the waves of the shore just waving just waving yes and then maybe I'll be like Mufasa and go into a cloud and look lovingly over the beach. Right. <laughs> okay, but anyway, back to the story. So, yeah, they think that it's the people who work there as well as some people who have gone there to stay. They believe that it's definitely haunted. I We haven't been there, but it doesn't mean I wouldn't want to go there. I want to go there and try to see if anything were to happen. But that's the first story. Oh, yeah. Uh, Cape May is full of bed and breakfasts. And the majority of them are in these really beautiful Victorian homes. So I would love to go on to the go to a bed and breakfast in Cape May. Maybe like even like the Angel of the Sea or like the Southern Mansion. One that's haunted. That would be cool. Oh, yeah. next story we're going to talk about is Congress Hall. So, Congress Hall, it's another bed and breakfast that is also said to be haunted. Uh, now, Congress Hall was, was burnt down in one of the big fires in Cape May, and then they rebuilt it. Yeah. So, they think that a lot, that it's haunted by the, some of the people that died during the fire. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. And they say that the second floor, the people that work there report that they have heard TVs and conversations in guest rooms when there are no guests in those rooms. That would freak me out. And then they also say, I think, on the third floor, they hear what sounds like a little boy playing, running back and forth. And when they say they've heard what sounds like someone, kids running back and forth and playing, they, I guess the owner or somebody must have done some research to see if anything came up. And they found out that there actually was a, a little boy who drowned in the hotel pool back in 1876, which is pretty crazy. That's sad. It's sad that a little boy drowned there, but I tell you, there is nothing creepier than 
a little ghost kid. Yeah, I think it is. So our next story is the Cape May Lighthouse. The lighthouse is said to be haunted by a young woman. She is seen climbing the stairs with a lantern in one hand and a, so a small baby in the other. The lighthouse is featured on the Cape May Haunted Trolley Tour, which we went to. Yes, we did take the haunted trolley tour. I think it was like twenty dollars. Yeah, it was. It was. It was fun. It was nice not to have to walk in the heat. <laughs> yeah, and it's. I think it was all open. And yeah. They drive you around, and they have like a guide on the trolley with you. As you're going around, the guide will tell you, tell you all the different stories. And I know they go there. They go down Jackson Street, which is a haunted street, which we have some stories from there, which is actually going to be the next one that we'll be talking about. Uh, so Jackson Street is one of it's a real, one of the older street, one of the old streets inside Cape May, and it's lined with a bunch of old like Victorian houses. Some of them are bed and breakfast, but others are private residencies. And the street, they say, is very active. One of the stories states that a person was leaving their home, and it was like in the afternoon when it should have been busy, and as they came out their front door, it was like eerily quiet. There was oh, like no birds, nothing, and it just had like that weird vibe. And that's they weird. said that they saw, it almost seemed like they went back in time and they saw like a, an old view of what it would have looked like back in, I guess, the 1800s. Nah. Yeah, that's what the one story says. And I remember when I went on one of the tours, pretty much all the walking tours stop on Jackson Street because that's a big story they talk about. And then it, they said that. Uh, it, it happened like real quick but a lot of psychics have gone there and they said that they think that it's like some kind of a vortex okay and then all these different spirits can come and go through it for whatever reason but it's a pretty cool story okay so i know we've talked about this before about Vortexes and portals and... Yeah, we actually, in our Gettysburg, our Gettysburg episode, we did where the one story is about at the Gettysburg College. Mm -hmm. And the kids that go to school there are getting in the elevator to go home one night. And they are from like the second or third floor and are trying to go down to the ground floor. Well, mm -hmm. when it gets to the ground floor, the elevator doesn't stop. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember And it goes story. all the way down to the basement doors open and when they look through there and there was multiple people who said they saw it it looked like uh the it looked like it was a field hospital because yeah. that's what the basement was used for back during the battle and they said that there were like agonized people yelling in pain and, and the one doctor gets done amputating a leg and he like turns around and sees them in the elevator and he actually started walking towards the elevator and when he got real close all of a sudden the elevator doors closed and it went up that's insane yeah, so this whole vortex thing and getting looks into the past and things that could have been in the past, that, that's a pretty cool like phenomenon. That's also like Cold Spring Village. Our tour guide talked about uh, a, vor uh, a vortex that he thought was there too. I think it was at the Welcome Center. Yeah, which in our 
in our uh, pictures we put on YouTube, there are pictures where we took pictures uh, from the outside looking at the windows, and the stories are that they think it's a vortex and that people have faces in the windows, and we actually did have what looked like some weird faces inside the windows. So again, that's a pretty cool video. Yeah, we put them online. Tell us what you think. If you think you see, you're seeing what we are seeing, or you're seeing something else, or you're not seeing anything at all, let us know. Send us an email, comment, and let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you. Yes. So another ghost story is at the Cabanas. It's a local a local bar that is said to be haunted by an Irish woman who had been branded as an outcast due to having a child out of wedlock. She would constantly look out to the ocean from the third floor waiting for her love to return from sea with her child. Then one day a boat was pulling into port and the child excitedly went to run out to view it when he was struck and killed by a carriage. When the mother saw this she had she was very upset and she hung herself. It said that her ghost still haunts the third floor where she spent all her time waiting for a love that would never return. That's sad. Yeah, now, those stories like that, if you look into, like, different ghost stories and lore in a lot of, like, cities that are close to the ocean, that's a very common story that always will pop up with the, the lover and the husband or the lover goes out to sea and leaves the woman at home and... The, she's waiting for him and he does it and she's constantly going out looking for him but he never returns for whatever reasoning is that why the the little sometimes there's like a little balcony on top of buildings called the widow's wall yes that's exactly what it is they use, they would go out there and they would look for ships ships and... because back then most of the men worked on boats and they would go out fishing for fishing or whaling or whatever and for whatever happened, storms, sickness, a lot of them never would return. So the stories are very abundant that it's the woman longing for the lover and they just wait. Call, that's a story that comes up on almost every story that you can hear or read about in most like towns that are by beachfronts. Yeah, a lot of a lot of old uh, seaside towns have a lot of very sad stories like that. Uh, another story we have is the Ugly Mug. The Ugly Mug has been paranormally active for many years. They sit long before people really started talking about places being haunted. And during this one investigation, uh, there's this psychic down there, Craig McManus. He's pretty prominent and he goes and does a lot of these psychic readings and stuff like that. Well, in one of the things one of his readings he wound up going to the ugly mug and while he was there he says that he picked up the reading of a boy a young boy named Danny and then two spirits named Phil and Junior and that these three spirits wanted the bar he says the boy is believed to have fallen off of the roof and he broke his legs and died the other two guests, they don't really know what happened to them. They just believe that they were patrons of the bar. And then I heard another story about the Ugly Mug that back in the day, the sailors would go there and they would all have their steins hanging up. Like okay. all the, the, you would go there and it was kind of like a little club, like a lion's club or whatnot. Okay. And they believed that one of the things that would happen was if a sailor went out to sea, Mm -hmm. And he uh, never came back. He died or whatever. Yeah. 
uh, they would take his mug that would be, and they would like hang it up as like a memorial thing. Oh. And they say that they're people who have worked at the bar and stuff who will go in there a lot of times. And the mugs are still hanging from, supposedly, I guess, back in that day. Mm-hmm. And they'll be moved and they'll see them moving and things like that. So that's another cool story. And now the one ghost walk I went on, they take you outside of the ugly mug and yeah. you stand there and they tell you that, the other stories. But, yeah, it's a, that's another one of them stories. Now, now, Craig McManus, is he also the one who wrote the book The Spears of Cape May or The Ghosts of Cape May? Yes, yes. Okay. He wrote the book and it's a really good book. I would recommend reading it. It's got a lot of these stories and a lot more detail. Yeah. And there's several editions of it out. Yeah, and it, it's it's definitely worth a read if you like ghost stories and you want to hear. Because he goes into kind of like what we do, he'll go into the history of the air of the building and how it ties in with the local ghost stories and legends and stuff. But it's a really good book. I would definitely say give it a, give it a read. So another story is the story of the Cherry House. And the huge home stands on Hughes Street. It was built in 1849 by Lemuel Leeming but he only lived there for five years. Lucky for him, he didn't get to see it turn into a ghostly hangout. It was under the second owner, James McCray, that the mysterious happenings started. Over his four decades of time in the home, he buried three of his wives. Though their bodies were long gone, their spirits never left. After the current owners purchased the house and began to renovate, spooky reports came in. Doors that were dead bolted would be flung wide open. Rooms got so cold in the house that you could see your breath. One electrician recounted hearing water running in the bathroom. After shouting, who's in the bathroom, the spirit of an old lady walked right through the wall. <laughs> Needless to say, he cut his job short and left with a scream. He told the owners that they would have to find a new electrician, and so would I. Yeah. That is re- that is crazy. Yeah, that is Just see the spirit of an old lady walk right through the wall. Yeah, I'd have a heart attack. <laughs> and the next is the hotel... Macomber or Maycomber? I think it's Macomber. Macomber? I think that's how you pronounce it. Okay. If we're wrong, tell us in the comments. Yes. Uh, built in 1916, the ho- the Hotel Macomber on Beach Avenue was a bustling vacation spot for Cape May visitors. The hotel has since been home to its fair share of tragedy. Ghosts of previous owners and visitors now frequent the building's spooking guests. One particular ghost, one particular ghostly guest is affectionately known as Miss Trunk Lady. She was a regular vacationer, always staying in room 10 during the summers and always accompanied by her steam trunk. Today, guests of room 10 report hearing banging on doors and even ghostly whispers letting you know she's still here. Well, I guess we know what room we gotta stay in. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> well, we definitely gotta make a trip down here and go to, to this hotel. I agree. The next one we're going to go to is... A little shop that pretty well known. I know ghost hunters went here. I know that we. I read about Winterwood in Craig McManus is one of Craig McManus's books when I was a, a kid, and Winterwood is uh, in Cape May. It's a little Christmas store open all year long, I believe, and they have everything Christmas. I think it's like the oldest building in the area, or something like that. Something like that. And it's just, it's 
beautifully decorated and you go in there and you feel a little weird and right on the porch of the gift shop it says that there is at least one ghost in there named Pop Hester. Man, possibly two. And possibly two. Possibly there's a second ghost of a British, sh- British soldier. And we went in there and we had the privilege of speaking to some of the staff that worked there. And uh, the lady we spoke to said that she, one of the stories she had uh, was that she saw her manager. She thought she saw her manager. And her manager had her back to uh, this employee. And then she thought she heard, the employee thought she heard the manager say her name. So she looked away, looked back, and the figure was gone. And she says that... She yelled out to the manager, and here the manager was upstairs the whole time and came down and told her she had been upstairs getting boxes together. So oh, yeah, that's right. standing there. Yes, and she says that um, she was a little... She didn't really want to tell us the story. She was yeah, still a little scared. Yeah, we brought scared. it up, and they, they, they really don't like talking about the stuff. I guess they they feel that if they talk about it, it'll things will happen. But they told us, they assured us that it definitely is haunted. Yes, and she said when she started bringing her Bible, she didn't see anything anymore. And the second story she told us was that uh, they used to sell dolls in the store, and there were a bunch of them sitting on the shelf. And then one day, they, they closed for the night, they went in the next day, and the dolls were sitting in a circle on the floor. Yeah, so the owner, the owner is the one who saw the dolls on the floor. Needless to say, that day she got rid of all the dolls and they stopped selling them. Yeah, I would have too. Yeah, can't blame her. Then the other story is the story of the British soldier. It's believed that he was a British soldier that turned uh, on the British and he was looking for a place to stay. And this, the house was there back during the time of the Revolutionary War. And the British soldier, luckily, he was talking to the people who lived there and they gave him asylum and they hid him from the British. So, as a way to thank them, he crafted them a fireplace mantle. Yes. Out of some kind of really nice wood. And... The mantle is actually still there. You mm-hmm. can go and actually see the mantle that the British soldier carved for them. It's still the the, the one that was there from the time it had that he made it. It's not a re. It's not like it was remade or anything. It's the actual fireplace mantle. And they say that the spirit of this soldier is seen inside the the room that the mantle is in, standing by it. Yes, and I, we have pictures of all inside of Winterwood, and we'll be posting them with our YouTube video probably next Friday. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see anything when I looked through them, but if you guys see anything, by all means, and, let us know. Uh, we were there with your aunt, Kathy, and you said that you two were feeling some weird feelings yeah. in a couple of the rooms. There were these two rooms near the very back end of the building, and we were just walking around looking at the stuff, and we get we got into the room. It just had like a really heavy atmosphere, and it just felt very like I uh, just uncomfortable. It was the last room on the very back end of the place. I felt like inside the whole place, like you were being watched. Like if you touched something or broke something, then there were like a million eyeballs on you. Well, they did have cameras all over. So. I mean, not with the cameras. I mean. <laughs> Somebody was there, like, watching you, judging you, making sure you didn't mess mess anything up. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I'm only messing with you. 
<laughs> but yeah, Winterwood, it's open to the public. They're there year round. They have some really cool Christmas things you can get there. I think a couple of years we've gone there and got in our yearly Christmas ornament they put on the tree. Yeah, I think last year we got a Christmas ornament from there. Yeah, it's a really, really cool place. And yeah, it's got the whole story on their porch about this Hester ghost and everything it's got. And then I think it talks about the British soldier too. But yeah, that place was cool. But people who worked there really didn't want to talk about it. So yeah, they, they definitely were... got the impression that they didn't want to. They were freaked out. Yeah, they were freaked out when we brought it up. The woman told us, oh, I, we told her what we do when we go. We like going around places and we're finding the ghost stories and we like writing the ghost stories down and telling people and she said oh I can never do that I can never do that so they were very they are very weirded out and again yes ghost hunters with taps and everything they went there and there's a whole episode I don't remember what season it is but there's a whole episode where they're at Winterwood and they're checking it all out I mean it's up to you what you think about all the ghost shows on TV but for their part what they do is they bring they make these places known that yeah, things if, are going on in these different areas and yeah, also if, brings in commerce. And yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, if no nothing else, it brings people in to look at the place, talk to the people, get them some business going. So, even if you don't believe in ghosts and think that the ghosts are real, at least the shows are helping these places get tourists. Yeah, and it's a small most, business. Yeah, most of these places, that's the lifeblood of them. So, for that at least pretty cool so the last story we're gonna go over is the emlyn physic estate this is a big one down there they have tours you can go in there mm -hmm. they have a haunted tour you can go to where you can actually have they have like a seance there and you can it's an all-night ghost tour ghost like hunt that you can participate in Oh, okay. Yeah, they have all kinds of stuff like that, and it's a big, it's like one of the big attractions when you go down there. We did, have not been in there, but when we went on the trolley tour, the trolley tour did stop outside of it, and they told some of the stories. Yeah, this is one of the big ones that we want to go to. Um, I know that the Tennessee Wraith Chasers, I forget the name of their TV show, but I know they went there. Yeah, yeah, they've had a bunch of people going there, but... The house was built in 1879. It was owned by Enlund Physic Jr. He was a prominent doctor of the Victorian era. And his whole family lived in this house. And they say that the house is haunted. They said that on the second floor, that's where one of the prominent ghosts is. They said it's a woman. They think, I think, they think it's somebody who was related to him. Okay. And they say that her spirit is up on the second floor and people have seen it. When they walk up there, there's a mirror. And they'll walk by the mirror and they'll see what looks like a woman in that period garb behind them. Oh, that's creepy. And then I believe it also says there's a couple other people in his family that are said to haunt the building as well. But that's that's a place that I would like to actually do one of the the ghost hunt things because you go in there I think it's like a hundred dollars a person okay and you go in there and you have a seance and they do a seance with you there and then they give you equipment and you can actually like go and hunt for the ghosts for however many hours it's I think it's from like 10 o'clock until like two. Oh wow. Yeah, it's a pretty long thing, but it does definitely say it is something I would like to do one of these days. Yeah, I think they also, I think there's a 
couple different tours you can go there, like you said. And I think there's one where, if you're not interested in the ghost stuff, I think there's one it's where you just can the just, history, yeah. yeah, just go through It'll the just house. teach you the history and who he was and what he did. But I know he was, like, a prominent member of the area. Okay. So that's, that's everything we have for Cape May at the moment. Like I said, there are tons more of stories out there. They have... So many beautiful buildings, and most of mm-hmm. the buildings, a lot of them anyway, have ghost stories that go with them. And that's why there are The Ghosts of Cape May. I think there's two or three books by Craig McManus, and they really go into detail about a lot of the buildings, a lot of the stories, mm-hmm. a lot of who the ghosts are. Yeah, they're, they're great, fun books to have if you're into going to different towns and going to different haunted areas. It's... Uh, yeah, I think there's a couple different editions that he has at this point, but they're all of the ghost stories that he does are good and they're well described and fun to read. Yeah, and you can use them like as a reference, really. Find out what ha- what places sound the best. Mm-hmm. Find out what if they're better breakfasts or not. Make an appointment, well, a reservation, and go stay there because that's that's uh, it's definitely one of and. It's even a, it's just very eerie. The town's very eerie because it's got that old world feeling. It's the same thing. Like, it's different in the daytime where everything's light and airy and you're shopping in the Victorian mall and you're having ice cream and enjoying yourself. And then when it gets dark, there's a different atmosphere. Yeah, especially if you're there during the off season. Yes. When there's not hundreds of people out there and because a lot of these bed and breakfasts are open year round and if yeah there are quite a few that Mm -hmm. are and if you want to like actually stay there and have more ghostly things they say that a good time to stay is during the off season like in october november what did you think about going experiencing cape may now as an adult then when you were a kid. Well, back when you were a kid, you don't really know, you don't really care too much about the history or the what it looks like. You just kind of go there and you want to run around the mall, go shopping, try all the different treats and stores and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But as you get older, you can go in there, you can take, you can like appreciate mm-hmm. everything a lot more. And it's a very beautiful Really pretty town. It's, uh, I, like I said, I've always enjoyed that type of architecture. It's something that I really like. I mean, if I ever hit the lottery, I would love to buy that type of house, like one of those old Victorians. Yes, I know, with a wraparound porch. Yep, so maybe one of these days. But, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a really cool place to go. And they have things for kids, but it's not that kid-oriented. That's another thing as you're older, you're... It's more an older crowd. Wildwood is real close, and Wildwood's got all the kids' stuff. You can take them there, and they can go on all the piers and rides and stuff. Cape May's definitely a really cool place for if, like, you want to go somewhere with your significant other. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would definitely go there, try to get there right around fall, or even in, like, the winter. Because there are a couple, a couple hotels there that have, uh, like, they do little shows and things. Like, they'll have theater mm-hmm. you can go there and have like charles dickens christmas carol oh, stuff neat. like that so yeah it's definitely a really cool place so if you are gonna be coming around to pennsylvania philadelphia or jersey shore uh, i recommend checking out 
Cape May. It's a beautiful town. And it's also one of the most haunted towns in America. And, you know, if you're ever in the area, I highly recommend try staying for a few days. Who knows, maybe you'll run into some of these ghosts. I agree. Um, I was going to Cape May Wildwood since... I was a kid. My grandmother had a house in Town Bank, so I spent many weekends of my summers, my childhood summers, down there, down the shore, going to the bay, riding our bikes up to the bay, and going to the boardwalk, the arcade, the lighthouse. I remember back in the day when we were kids, and we would you would climb the lighthouse steps, and you get to the top, and I think they would give you either a pin or a sticker that said that you made it all the way to the top. That's cool. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, living in Philadelphia, most people I know of who live in Philly or even the surrounding areas, that's kind of a big summer destination for everybody. Everybody will just go down the shore. If you're in Philadelphia, you can make a whole week-long vacation. You can check out Philadelphia. We did a whole, whole episode on things to do in Philadelphia. And the shore is about two hours away. Mm-hmm. You can go down there and hang out for the day. And it's... There's a lot of stuff to do down there and just just fun. It has like a different feel to it. It's got a it feels more laid back, more relaxing. Especially growing up, being in the city and growing up in the city. It's always hustle and bustle, hustle and bustle. So really getting to go down there, you can just relax and just enjoy yourself. Yeah, it's always fun to spend time at the beach. Absolutely. So that's our episode for today. Uh so once again, we would like to thank you on, uh, for joining us on another one of our Haunted Escapes. Goodbye for now, and hopefully we'll have some new stuff soon. And I just wanted to add uh, that we're on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. Our podcast is wherever you listen to podcasts. And again, if you have any stories, you can send them to penepicproductions at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing you. Thank you, and bye.